Welcome to another Sunday experience at Resurgent Church. Each time we gather, whether it be online or in person at Resurgent, our mission is to see hearts revived, relationships restored, culture reformed, and nations reawakened. Today, as you listen, it's our prayer that something within you comes alive to the things of God, whether it be His great love for you or the good things He has planned for your future. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon. Well, a big good morning to everyone there in Montreal and to Pastor Andrew and Vanessa and the girls and all the team there. It's Pastor Jared here coming to you from Global Heart Church in Perth, Western Australia and uh, wanting to uh, bring a big greeting from me, all of our uh, team and staff here, our church here, and also from my lovely wife Sue and our family, uh, our three sons, two grandsons, and our beautiful granddaughter who is about to arrive in June. Uh, we are all sending greetings to you and wishing you all the best there in Montreal. Uh, I wanted to just pray for you today and just bring a message that the Lord's been laying on my heart. I've been talking about it here at home, but I really wanted to share it with you today. Uh, just a part of that message to encourage you in your great kingdom purpose because you uh, individually and you corporately have a great kingdom purpose that God has called you to and he wants you to fulfill. So let me just pray for you everybody and then I'm going to share around the word today. So let me just pray as we start. Lord, I just thank you for everybody there in Montreal today. Father, thank you for Pastor Angel Vanessa, all the team there, and uh, all the church, Father. And I just pray, Lord, as I just share with them now around, uh, Lord, kingdom purpose, the importance of walking in our kingdom purpose, the importance of walking in your kingdom purpose for us in the church, firstly, but then out into the world. I just pray, Lord, that, Father, you'd speak to everybody, touch everybody, and really use everybody in Montreal, Lord, uh, to fulfill your plan, to become who you've called them to be, and, Lord, firstly, to know you, your great love, and your great value for them. I really pray that now, and just pray a special blessing in everybody. And anybody who doesn't know you, I pray today, Lord, let today be the day that they come to know you. I pray it, and I declare it now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Well, everybody, I want to encourage you from God's Word today uh, on the subject of kingdom purpose, because I've really discovered now being saved for over just over 40 years, can't believe it, it's gone really, really quickly, that God has got a great kingdom purpose for me, He's got a great kingdom purpose for you, and I do really believe God has a dual purpose for each of our lives. Um, the Bible actually says God has planned works for us to walk, walk in, that He's prepared in advance, which is incredible. Um, and really, which means that God is not trying to come up with stuff for us now. He's not running late. He's already got a plan for you. He's given you gifts and talents, and he wants to use them in his house and then out of the house. And the Bible teaches us that we're the priesthood of all believers. I'll just talk on that, that in a moment. But right now, I really want to encourage you. You have a great kingdom purpose. And so don't settle down. I've been saved 40 years. I'm getting more excited about the house of God, more excited about the potential of the house of God to impact, you know, the nation and the nations. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you there, Montreal, don't settle back, don't settle down, but really believe God to use you powerfully in his kingdom purpose. And today I'm predominantly talking about firstly in the house of God, but believe for God to use you because you are important to God and you are very important to God in his purpose for his house. And as I've said already, 
for the community and the city in Jesus name. So in Ephesians 1, let me just read this to you. Very powerful. Paul speaking to the Ephesians, he says in Ephesians 1 verse 1 in the New Living Translation, uh, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. Everybody, can I encourage you right there? God's word is teaching us and telling us that Paul was chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. So if he was chosen, and by the way, he was a persecutor of Christians and a killer of Christians and was there when Stephen was stoned uh, in the book of Acts. Listen, you need to realize you are chosen by the will of God for something. What is that something? We need to be spending our time praying, but also talking to leaders who have been longer in the game of the kingdom, if you like. Uh, I hope those words make sense. Longer as leaders or pastors. We need to be talking to people and saying, what right now is my kingdom purpose in God's house? Depending on your age, depending on your uh, you know, length of time as a Christian, depending on your character, um, your, you know, your gifts and talents that God's given you, your maturity, all those things make a difference to what we are called to do firstly in God's house. And by the way, serving God's house, I've been doing that for 40 years, it is so fulfilling. And the enemy really struggles to get into a Christian's life who is building God's house, understands the value of God's church. So can I encourage you, get praying, but also get asking, where can I help in God's house? What, what can I do to help? And my wife and I started doing that at the end of our teen years. We weren't from Christian families and Christian homes. And as we started to just help in God's house, we began to see God unfold really his purpose and plan for us, both in the church and as I said, out in the city uh, with his calling and plan. I started in youth, taking the bin out at youth. Uh, after all the youth had made a big mess, we do clean up, I take the bin out. That was my big start uh, in my ministry. Then, then I became like a person who welcomed people on the door at the youth uh, home connect group. And uh, yeah, so I, I started as a new Christian very quickly playing my part in the body of Christ. So can I encourage you? God's got a part for you to play. Paul says in Ephesians, I was chosen by the will of God, but that is not just him. We are all chosen by the will of God. He declared to be an apostle. What do you declare right now? God is calling you to be in this season. And I want you to know sometimes that season of service might be one year. Some years, times it might be 20 years, you know, depending on what God's called us to do. If you're looking after a connect group and loving a dozen people for 10 years or more, what a great ministry and what a great calling in God's house. But you need to ask the questions of your leaders, pastors, say, what should I be doing? And let, let God unfold it through them. Sometimes we're telling people what we're called to do. And I think not always a great thing because sometimes there's people that God's put around me who's got eyes to see. Samuel's eyes, I pray, not Jesse's eyes, who can see your potential but also can see the path that you need to take to get to that full potential. You know, uh, uh, a guy, uh, Gene Edward Vaith Jr. said this. He said, the priesthood of all believers did not make everyone into church workers. Rather, it turned every kind of work into a sacred calling. I love that. I love it so much, I need to say it again. 
Sir Jean Edward Vaith Jr. said, the priesthood of all believers did not make everyone into church workers. Rather, it turned every kind of work into a sacred calling. Whatever God has called you to do in his house and in his church, can I encourage you that God turns whatever you do, there is no task in God's house that's not important. That's why you being at church, being a part of the body of Christ, uh, you know, doing something, carrying something in God's house is so important because when you do it and you do it unto the Lord, the Bible says don't do it unto men. It doesn't say don't serve men. It just says don't do it unto men. Do it unto the Lord. And uh, I love what that man just said with that quote. He said that it turns into a sacred calling when we give it to Christ. You know, God loves the church, everybody. He loves the church. And I was blown away uh, to read Acts 20, 28, which I've read many times. But the other day I read it and I just saw with new eyes. It's amazing how God does it. You read the scripture or you hear the scripture and suddenly you're seeing it with a new uh, understanding and in Acts 20 verse 28 it says of the church that um, Jesus purchased the church with his own blood Ooh, Jesus purchased the church with his own blood I think I need to say that one more time that's that's huge Jesus purchased the church with his own blood you know, we, we can't be casual as believers about the church. We need to treat the church with incredible honor, incredible dignity, incredible value. That's why for 40 years, everybody, I've hardly ever run late to church, to be honest. Uh, I've, I, I've at least been in the building. <laughs> and uh, But I've always worked to be there early because I know the power of honoring the church, honoring God's house, especially when that revelation, a fresh hit, even again the other week, when I read, he purchased it with his own blood. So the church, the local church, our church around the world, Jesus has paid a great cost for all of us to be here. And you know, if you are not saved, you need to know that you're very valuable to God. In fact, he loves you so much, he sent his only son to die on the cross for you and to shed his blood for you. But the church, the local church, the church around the world that we get to be a part of, Jesus actually paid for that church with his own blood, which is incredible. 1 Peter 2 verse 4 to 5 in the New King James Version says this, also awesome. It says, coming to him, 1 Peter 2 verse 4 to 5, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says there in 1 Peter 2 verse 4 to 5, New King James Version, it says that we're all living stones. So the church, everybody's not a building. Ultimately, the Lord doesn't care about buildings. We need them. We got buildings. We need them and we need it for shelter and all those kind of things. But ultimately, the Bible says the church is you. It's the people. It's the people of Christ. It's the people of God. It's the, the believers who come together. And the Bible says that we're living stones, you know, built up into a spiritual house. What does that mean? It means that this is supernatural. This Christian life is supernatural. This 
church that we get to be a part of is supernatural. This coming together, the spiritual connections we make with one another, our connection with you, our connection with uh, your pastors over years, our connection with you know our campuses both here and then in other places in the world. It's a, it's a supernatural thing. It's not natural. It's not normal. It's been brought about by God and by his plan. So the Bible says we're the priesthood of all believers. And in the Old Testament, the priest would minister first to God, then the people. Did you get that? The priest, and we're all called to be priests, the priesthood of all believers now. The Bible says in the Old Testament, the priest would minister first to God, then the people. We just got to get that order right there and uh, realize we don't ditch the people, but we make sure that we're just ministering to the Lord first. But in ministering to the Lord first, asking God to fill us up, to anoint us, to equip us, to grace us. We then minister to one another in the body of Christ. And then from the body of Christ, we minister out into the world. And then the Bible says, in reality, we're then standing upon the foundation of the chief cornerstone, who is Jesus Christ. The chief cornerstone of our church, the local church, church in Montreal, the church around the world, our campuses around the world where we are, Really, we're building only on one thing, and that is Jesus Christ, our chief cornerstone. You know, in Romans 12, everybody, it's a great uh, analogy you like in Romans 12 of how the Bible says that we are members of one body. So God uses the human body in his word to really cause us to see the parallel between that and the church being also a body. In Romans 12, it says that we're one body, but individual members, and that's true, hey? So all of us are unique. Everybody there in Montreal, guys unique and girls unique. Unique talents, unique gifts, unique abilities, different ages, different cultures, different backgrounds. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that God sets the members in the body, places us there, and then all of us are bringing uh, what Romans 12 describes as grace gifts. And these grace gifts, as we bring them, and that's why we need you at church. That's why we need you being a part of uh, the local church. That's why you not being there or you being late or, you know, not, not kind of committed. We're all missing out on what you meant to bring to keep the body functioning. And uh, I, you know, told a story in our campus here that um, I broke my toe many times. And it's got so annoying that uh, I said to the a surgeon who was going to put pins in it, I said, why don't you just take it off? I'm sick of it. It's so annoying. I've broken it so many times, even from when I was a young kid. Anyway, uh, he said, no, if, you, if I take that toe off, it'll cause you to walk funny. You'll end up, it'll affect your, you know, your balance. It affects things more than you know. And, uh, and so I just thought, and I said to him, like, like a toe? He goes, yeah, a toe, it'll affect you. Sometimes we think, who we are, the part we play is insignificant and it doesn't affect anything else. Yet that doctor reminded me that even my toe coming off has an effect uh, on how I walk and how I move. So everybody, can I encourage you, don't put yourself down. Don't put yourself down. Don't sabotage who God's called you to be in his house by lessening who you are because who you are and what you bring is so important. And Romans 12 describes these grace gifts, you know, and grace is unmerited favor gifts that God has given to us to minister to one another. And uh, number one is faith. 
and uh, God's given everybody a measure of faith, but he's given faith to us. We need you in the house of God bringing your faith to every service, every connect group, every coffee. And then he said also to, there's a, a, a grace gift of prophesying, bring the word of the Lord. You know, I teach our team here, you know, when I got saved in the 80s, um, you know, people would prophesy, but it was a bit out there and a bit odd sometimes, and there's too much personality involved. And, uh, and I said, hey, listen, let's prophesy, let's bring what God is saying, let's bring the word of the Lord, but bring it in such a way that it's not kind of weird <laughs> or odd, because people get attention through that stuff that takes the eyes of people off Jesus. So we should be bringing God's word. We should be prophesying what God is saying, but let's do it from a place that builds people, encourages people. And so we do that through our different messages, our preaching, our leading, all those things, and use that gift for sure. Serving is another one. Teaching is another one. So important gifts, incredible. Serving, incredible. You know, when you start to serve, you posture your heart first as a servant, then you take position as a servant in God's house. Wow, you really begin to become and, uh, and begin to understand who Jesus is. We're changed through that process. Teaching, so important. Encouragement, exhortation, so important. Giving generously, wow, the church can't go forward without your giving. It can't happen. But when we are understanding that, you know, the eternal principle of the tithe, that, uh, you know, when we bring that to the Lord, and, and I always think of, you know, that eternal principle of the tithe, that really, I'm not giving it, I'm returning it. And as I've returned it, God has blessed us and, you know, and helped us to build church here and around the world. And, you know, so I would encourage you, give generously, give it unto God and God will use it and continue to build his church. Leading diligently, honoring one another above ourselves. So the Bible is teaching us all these things to do in Romans 12. And, uh, and these things can't happen if we're not there. They can't happen if we're casual. Discovered a long time ago, casual. Christians become Christian casualties. Casual Christians, their children become Christian casualties. So, you know, I uh, just want to encourage everybody there, be a sterling example to your children of service in the house of God, loving the house of God, and, you know, carrying something with responsibility in God's house. You do that, your children will copy, your grandchildren will copy, and I love it now, my grandchildren are in church. My, my three sons are all serving in God's house, different areas, different gifts. One's a businessman, one's a pastor, one's a creative guy. They're all unique, but they love God's house. But it's very important that Sue and I first example that to them. Um, you know, Jesus said in Luke 19, verse 13, King James Version, actually, I loved it when I read it. You know, Jesus was talking about, you know, how a, a nobleman had given uh, money to, uh, you know, his servants and, and, uh, and, you know, he was, he was wanting uh, what he'd sown to really have some return on that. And in verse 13 of Luke 19 in the King James Version, it says, he called his 10 servants, delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. I love that. Jesus is saying everybody, occupy. What does that mean? Occupy till I come. He's saying, use what I've given you, use your talents, use your finances, and occupy heaven. We're called to plunder hell and to occupy heaven. Let me say that one more time. We're called to plunder hell and to occupy heaven. And how do we do that? We do that through the preaching of the word. 
We do that through prayer. We do that through service and serving one another and serving new Christians and serving the lost. We do that. And the church's mission, everybody, our great kingdom purpose has to be what Jesus said in that, let's occupy. Be careful of distractions. A lot of Christians get distracted and they're kind of not in the main game. They're doing other things rather than what Jesus really wants us to be focused on. So Jesus is saying, exercise authority, everybody, and act together in the body of Christ in order to see really heaven filled and, he and hell, if you like, empty. Daniel 12.3 in the Amplified says, those who are spiritually wise, Daniel 12.3, Amplified Bible, those who are spiritually wise will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. I love that. God's called our local churches to be uh, churches filled with people who have a heart for the lost, have a heart to see people, you know, come out of blindness, out of lostness. I was one of those people. And people prayed for me and shared the gospel with me. And, uh, and then the Bible says those who do, those who have a heart for the lost and pray for them and share the gospel and love them and lead them to righteousness, the Bible says you're going to shine like the stars forever and ever. So let's fill heaven with souls. And, uh, and I think it's going to be awesome. The Bible says we'll shine. Wouldn't it be great for Jesus to say, I can't see you for the glare coming from you <laughs> because of all the people that you've led to him. I think that'd be a great thing to uh, believe for in Jesus' name. You know, um, be careful too. A lot of people get caught up in end times and, and I'm not against knowing about end time things and reading about it. I'm not against that, but I do see how sometimes people are so occupied trying to work out who the Antichrist is when Jesus is returning. When really, you know, he's been coming back for 2,000 years and really he's called us to be focused ultimately. And I'm, as I said, I'm not against those things, not against the reading about them, having some insight into those areas. But Jesus' aim and Jesus' goal is that we will occupy heaven till he comes. And by doing that, it's leading people to Christ, but then also seeing them established into his local church. You know, faith is not faith, everybody until it costs us. So, so sometimes uh, I see people get a bit, oh, when it comes to serving or helping God's house, they're a bit like, oh, that's a bit costly. But always think in light of what Jesus has done for you and you realize that our service and our stepping up to be a part of what God's doing and playing our part in the body so the body operates properly, really, um, it's a great privilege and it's a great honor. Faith is not faith until you take an action where you cannot see an outcome other than God used someone to get you carrying something in his house. I like that. You know, faith is not faith and you just, you, you take an action, but you can't see where, where is this going? What is this going to do? What's this going to do for me? And I think many times the Lord's asked me to do things that really I couldn't see an outcome for me in, you know, well, sometimes at all. But other times I'm like, yeah, I can see a little outcome from that. But it didn't really matter because when I sow in God's kingdom, the Bible promises that I'm going to reap. And so I want to encourage everybody, you are going to reap when you sow into God's kingdom. There is a fulfillment in the kingdom of God you just cannot get in the world. Um, I saw a quote the other day where Jim Carrey, you know, the great American comedian who actually, is he Canadian? 
He could be Canadian. I think he could be. I'm not sure. But he, that, you know, he, funniest guy, been so many movies, and he said he wished that everybody would get famous uh, like he has in Hollywood, um, get all the money and all the things that he has received. And he said then they would realize that ultimately it means nothing. And I was like, oh my goodness, here's somebody at the top of his game, the top of the pile, known around the world, and he says the fame, the opportunities, the money, he's done it now, he's had it, received it, but he said ultimately it doesn't mean anything to him. And I'm thinking, you know what, I can say the reverse. Being in God's house, building his church, being taking my part in the body of Christ with kingdom purpose, knowing God has called me to serve my brothers and sisters and to help in the local house of God, well, I can say to Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, I'm very fulfilled. I'm very blessed. I'm full of hope. I'm full of joy, full of passion. I'm full of faith. And I know that God has got great days ahead for me. We've seen his promises being fulfilled. We've seen many miracles. And in actual fact, we're believing here at Global Heart Church that we're in miracle territory. And I actually just pray and declare that over you. But I'm so blessed and so honored the fact that really the Lord saved me, opened my eyes because I can say to Jim Carrey with you know, hand on heart the truth that Jesus, his kingdom, being a part of his house, serving him and loving and serving his people. And then from there into the community, I can say that I am not lost. It means everything. It's the greatest thing. It is actually true fulfillment. Ephesians 1.23 says in the Message Bible, that the church is not peripheral to the world. It says the world is peripheral to the church. Everyone in Montreal, you're part of something wonderful, you're part of something powerful. Can I encourage you, don't take it for granted. It's sacred. Jesus bought it with his own blood. He purchased you if you've been born again with his own blood. He loves you and you are very, very important to him. Take your place, talk to somebody this week and in the weeks to come, be praying and let God fit you into his house, into his kingdom purpose for this season of your life. Love you guys. Lots of blessings from uh, Western Australia. And uh, I just pray that you have a great rest of the service and a great, great uh, week there in Montreal in Jesus' name. Much blessing from me and uh, wish you guys all the best. Friend, it's such an honor to have you engage with our teaching here at Resurgent. This is Vanessa Hoyes and my husband Andrew and I are so honored to communicate the gospel of grace with each of you as you listen, lean in, take what the Lord is saying to you and apply it to your life. If you are curious about what it means to follow Jesus Christ or today something in your spirit leapt around this gospel, this good news of hope and faith that you can have in Jesus Christ. Today you are so welcome to invite Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Saviour. And you can repeat this prayer even wherever you are on your walk, in your car, in your room, wherever you are, you can call on the name of Jesus and you can find this gift of salvation. I would be honored to lead you in this prayer today. Why don't we pray together, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me, for dying on the cross for my freedom. I ask that you would forgive me of all of my sin 
And today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, what an incredible moment, not just for this lifetime here on earth, but for all of eternity, you would call on the name of Jesus and one lost person would come home into this saving relationship with Him. We celebrate today with you. Why don't you email us and let us know that you made this decision so we can help you take your next step or tell a friend that you know is a follower of Jesus. And for those who are listening in today and are part of Resurgent Church or would love to sow into this mission that we have here at Resurgent right here in Montreal to see hearts revived and relationships restored and culture reformed and neighborhoods and nations reawakened. That's happening right here in our city and even where you are carrying this gospel of grace wherever God has called you. If you would love to give into this ministry online over at resurgent.church, there's opportunities and ways to give. And we would just want to thank you and bless you one more time for your seed and your investment into the soil of this province here in Canada as we serve the people that we love in this city and beyond. We thank you, friends, for your generosity. Why don't you go today in the name of Jesus Christ? commissioned by his power with the love of the father at the core of who you are today as you go on your way we love you we thank you